I think, I think with that, we're started. We're going. Oh my God. Back at it. The gang, the buddy and cop team that you guys love to go to the movie theater and support. Well, guess what? They're here in podcast form. One Did you member. Say the bunny and cop? The buddy and cop. The cop butt bu- eating? Buddy. <laughs> buddy cop. I like both my versions better. I do too. Those are actually things that you would find in somebody's history. I'm Al Jackson. That lovely person over there is Corinne Kaplan. Corinne, how are you? Oh. I am good. I have. Uh, I'd like to kick this off with a, just a, a a small tale of what happened to me last night. Okay. Well, first we should kick it off with yeah. the title of the show. Oh. Welcome okay. to my safe word is more. Corinne, continue. Yeah. My safe word is more, and I need more sleep. Um. Okay. So just to set the stage for everyone, I have. I take Ambien every night. I've been doing it for twenty years. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. I will tell you the stories either way, but the reality is I'm never getting off Ambien. Ambien is what happens in between while well, life is making other plans, yes. right? So, By the way, I feel like you should be yelling at the cops and your parents as they try and yeah. take you out of your room. Yeah. 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 I'm never getting off, so I'll be yeah. back in 72 hours. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how many clinicians that they're like, you know, we I'd love for you to try trazodone, try, some, try something else, try and get off Ambien. I'm like, oh, you know what I'm going to try? A different primary care doctor. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, all right. So I took Ambien um, as I do. Um, And to give you an idea of what happens when I'm on Ambien is I know my limitations. So like my phone goes on airplane mode. I don't have anything in my home besides condiments and hard-boiled eggs. There is no option for me. I thought you were going to say condoms. (laughs) And you kept going with the demence. There you go. (laughs) No, I definitely have condoms. (laughs) Actually, uh, quick on the condoms story. I only keep magnums because I believe if you build it, they will come. And so I have no interest in keeping the tinies around. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you should be more inclusive with your condom. No, uh, I refuse. No. <laughs> you don't want the United Nations no. in there? Okay. If the big boy doesn't fit you, there's the door. There we go. Um, I'm, I kid, I kid. But anyways, okay, so I don't keep anything in my house that I could eat because I have, I can't even tell you how many times gotten sick because I've eaten, I don't have anything sweet and I want something sweet, so I've eaten all the gummy bears in the gummy vitamin thing, right? And then I get violently ill. Wow. This has happened on multiple occasions. <laughs> I actually almost asphyxiated because I was trying to eat the Parmesan cheese out of the green can, you know, and I oh. took a deep breath and all the cheese went into my lungs. And I was like, this is how I die. That's like the cinnamon challenge, but for yeah. cheese. Yes. That's exactly why people and were asphyxiating with cinnamon. Is it like the yeah, little granules get in your throat? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I've had a lot of problems over the years. So um, one of my good friends came over shortly before Christmas and he knows that I love elf witches. And so I was like, hey. Wait, what is that? I, I know. I should have You're talking it. to a obscure, black man. I feel like it's a black thing. Did you think you can come up here and say elf witch? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let this jacket fool you, all right? So they're like little keebler elves with fudge in the middle. They're like Teddy Grahams, but they're bigger, and they have fudge in the middle. Okay, it's a really weird thing, <laughs> but they're delicious. Sounds okay? good. So I was like... Listen, he was coming over. I was like, I'm going to pick up elf witches. I need you to leave with the elf witches. I just, we're going to have like two. And then when you leave, you take the elf witches. All good. Fine. Great. Wonderful. Well, he leaves. I then send him a text message. Like, I just want to thank you for taking the elf witches. And he's like, I didn't. I hid them. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And like, I have like a lot of nooks and crannies in my house. I was like, if he was smart, he took a stepladder and put it somewhere out of my view. A stepladder? Yeah. <laughs> Is home alone? Or just take them fucking with you like <laughs> I asked. Swing a paint can with the elf witches in it. So, 
So I'm like, okay, whatever. I hadn't seen them in weeks. I figured they were well hidden. So I came back from my trip. I, I take my Ant-Man. I'm unpacking. And I get to my suitcase yesterday and something rolls under my couch. I go to grab it. The elf witches. I make contact with the elf witches. So he just I'm, hit him under the bed? Under the living room couch. Yes. We're Not a good hiding spot. The only place bugs live. I was right going to say, it feels okay. like you're asking for problems on the floor. All right. So I'm like, oh, my God. I won the lottery. Like, there's so many elf witches left. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, a side note, I have, like, a huge problem lately as I've gotten older with caffeine. Like, I cannot... I cannot have caffeine. I don't drink it at all. And, like, I won't even fuck with, like, a decaf coffee after, like, 9 a.m. Because there's enough caffeine in that to set me off. Wait. What are we talking about when this caffeine takes hold well, of Well, you'll see. CK. It's, we're going we're gonna to loop it. Oh, because I am a river of anxiety. And as you now know, <laughs> like, I have to take something to go to sleep. I don't have unassisted sleep ever, right? So yesterday I took fucking an edible. I took an Ambien. I had a glass of Mezcal. Like, I am, like, I have to we be We call that the full sedated. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want anything to, to, to root, derail that. So no caffeine. Right. All right. Well, all right. So now I start in with these elf witches. And first I'm like, I'm just going to have two. And they're not, they're not good for you. Okay. They're high, high in calories. And like, I am like somebody that cares about that. I have two. And then I'm like, well, you know, I really wanted them double stuffed. These aren't double stuffed. So now I start making my own double stuff. You're doing elf witch math. I am. <laughs> I totally am. I am now, I don't know, probably 10 double stuffed elf witches in. And I decide they have to go in the wait, fucking wait, wait. garbage Wait, You need can. to say that again. 10? <laughs> 10. 10. Du- I mean, that's double a, stuffed. That's like a, and that's like, yes. And that's, oh, that's not even including like the first two I opened with. Because I didn't count those because they weren't double stuffed. So those were the opening acts. I started like <laughs> ripping them apart and then taking the side with the fudge and then matching it with another one with the side with the fudge. And I was like, this counts as one. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Elf witch math. So um, after I am disgusted with myself and I, I really don't remember much. I, I remember throwing the elf witches out. And then I remember like a raccoon going back to the trash. And I was like, no. So I went and I grabbed, I have um, like a frozen thing of mussels that I was defrosting in the refrigerator and so I dumped all the a disgusting. Nice life you live. I, <laughs> I dumped all the disgusting muscle excess juice onto the elf witches because I was like, "You're not gonna touch them if they're all fucking muscly." So you I you did what but- bullies in the third grade do? Like, yeah. oh, do you want that Twix? And yeah. then they put it under their arm and, and in their crotch. There was still a chance I was gonna dig through and find a dry one. Yeah, you know, that's gross. I'm so pathetic. Mm. So then I go to sleep. But did I sleep? No, Al, I did not because the chocolate had enough caffeine in it that I was. A hundred percent. I'm not talking fell asleep, woke up. I never, I fight clubbed it all night. I never went to sleep. That's no bad. Sleep. Yeah. I ended up going to the gym at like 4.15 in the morning because I was just bored. Yeah. So that's what happened to me last night. And people at the gym looked at you like, look how dedicated she is. 4.15 in the morning. And oh. she's like, no, I was up eating sad woman sandwiches and uh, oh, I yeah. over caffeinated myself as you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was exhausted and I didn't want to be there and it was fucking cold and dark. And I was like, you shouldn't have eaten all those alpha <laughs> I Honestly, <laughs> we, take jo- it up a notch. we joke around a lot, but I respect you. You get your ass up in the morning. You go to the gym. Like, respect. I need some of that. Because I almost, I, I'll get up and I'll do like a half an hour on the bike and I'm like, I don't want to. It's just so fucking boring. Yeah. It's just the boredom. That's yeah. really, I mean, like, I'm tired of trying to create new playlists. I, I've already gone through all the podcasts. Like, I, you know, I was on a plane. I was in a 10-hour car ride. Like, 
like pre like I already went through all the. I was all caught up in my podcast. Right. There was nothing for me to do this morning. Except for my safe word is more. You you can always listen to this over and over again. Yes. A little self promotion. Yeah. All right. So. So now I need I need to hear you performed on New Year's Eve. If I y'all did. don't know, he is a touring stand up comic, which is like the like. Most impressive thing in the world to me. Really? Oh God! I just want to collect comedian friends. Like I just, I feel like you're you're born special. The the comics that I hang with, I'm like, I can't believe how interesting this person is. There, mm. where we, it takes you. It's a weird group of people because I feel like you can't be like a nerd in high school, but you definitely can't be cool. I feel like you need to you hover. Have some trauma. Right? Yeah. Some <laughs> yeah. trauma's got to be built in there. But it's like, you know, don't uh, don't worry. Everybody's got that. But mm-hmm. comics, I think maybe something extra extra bad happened. But, like, we figured a way to get around trauma. And it's just, like, by mocking it all the time immediately. And that's why, like, when some comic tweets something too soon, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not backing anybody up, but I get it. Like, that's the way that we defend ourselves. We don't break down. We're just like, oh, you know, here's a joke. And sometimes it's received well, sometimes it's not. But whatever. I'm at 45 years old. I'm like... This is who I am. I'm so happy, yeah. Corinne. Like it's so so relaxing when you're just like, this is it. This is yeah. how I'm gonna roll. So, I'm I'm good. But yes, it was uh, super uh, well. It sold great, which is good because I was terrible on social media with it. But almost sold out the first show. Sold out the second wow. show in Ann Arbor, right? In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, the same day that they lost to TCU in the the prelude to the national championship, and I know that you don't care about that but the entire town did the whole town like friday night lights it like that's all they do is watch that team and so like i wasn't sure how it would be attended but everybody was happy new year's usually people are ham yes hammered yeah crazy like i'm one of those people yeah like you can't believe how they got in here Mm -hmm. you know and you expect them to be better in an hour and a half but you know shows were dope and uh I, i just the overall holiday season was good but i have something that I wanted to give to you, and this is a podcast, so you're going to have to explain it okay. to the people, and I'll give you a little background on it. I received this in the mail. Uh, it came in a box that, you know, like an Amazon, uh, if you ordered maybe like a, like a, like, like maybe like a broom, it would be like in a box like that. Like, okay. But it was super light and long, and I was like, what is this, and what did I order? And I look, and it's just my name, but I don't know. Who sent it? So I'm going to hand this to you now. Okay. And you just tell people what you're holding. Get settled. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. All right. Say that into the microphone, okay, so, please. Yes. Okay. So there's a picture of Al and then a white middle-aged man. I'm trying. Is he? Is, should I know who this is? No. Uh, oh. Here's a, here's another question. Should you're, I know who that is? <laughs> Oh my God! Wait. So I thought maybe this is like I don't know, like Conan O'Brien or like somebody like. Okay, there's also wrapping paper. This is wild. Okay. This is really Just crazy. Just please tell people if, um, if they're still not getting it because I still I know, don't really get it. It's I don't. I mean, so this is like an Andy Warhol situation. It's yes. a framed picture where there's two of Al and two of middle-aged white guy, and then I'm holding wrapping paper. That's wrapped. Yeah. It's like wrapped like you would buy it at uh, Michael's or something. Yeah. This is, I had no idea. This will be on the Instagram. <laughs> this is incredible. It's. Who is this gentleman? I don't, I, Corinne, and Corinne, I don't know who that is. I mean, 
I got news. First of all, it's very Michael Scott on The Office when he like he puts himself in her holiday card photos, yeah. like with her kids. Yeah. Like th- that's a move. Like on Christmas, if you send somebody, I I just uh, if they're listening, which I assume that they are. If, yeah, I assume that you might be stalker. listening to a lot of the stuff that uh, I do, which I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> I'm not hating. I just don't know who you are to thank you. But I yes, it was just a frame photo of almost like the Obama change filter. Yes. And in the four squares, just but he and I alternating. This gentleman, it's not like, okay, it's not like this is some like 20 year old girl or like, this is like, he looks like a established guy maybe he runs hr for a tech company he or, does you yeah know. yeah he he, he, look he like looks the kind like that's wasting his time on this kind of stuff he looks like a regional manager for outback steakhouses in in, in the northwest yeah like just like he just like he flies there and he just kind of hates <laughs> yeah. it but he stays in the same hotel same room mm-hmm. and just like a guy that's just trudging through life but also was like you know what me and al need to be he, cemented together for life i got news for you you know what he has an ambient problem Oh, <laughs> this is an ambient order if I've ever seen one. Corinne, I definitely saw you look at that and you were like, "I know where this came yeah. from." I can, I can see myself doing this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And you've done some interesting things on ambient. So yes, that's my uh, that that was one of the best gifts uh, that I got. Besides the fact that my youngest son, who's on the spectrum, um, uh, my ex wife was like, "He just picked your gift out." I was like, "Tell me you did not help him," and she was like, "Absolutely not. I would never do that." Oh. And I opened up my gift for Christmas and. Uh, baby Ford Bradford, uh, he got me a sun kissed. Just a, <laughs> just one sun just kissed? one sun kissed, well, and it's wrapped with a bow, and I love it. And I, then he drank it. Oh wow, that, <laughs> that is the most aggressive move. It really was. Well, what you would do in prison. Yeah. yeah. So well, what was the best gift you got over the break? Oh, uh, well, I don't really get gifts for the holiday. Um, I'm trying to think. My friend owns a yoga studio, and he was like, go in and pick out anything you want. And I picked out this sweatshirt. He actually didn't. He did. He pulled out your son. He was like, <laughs> I was like, ooh, what, this tank top or this, like, crop? He goes, no, 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 that sweatshirt. And I was like, that's, ooh. like, not, it's not, He's like, I was like, it's not cute. you clearance sweatshirt. I was like, why are you, like, I don't, it's a unisex sweatshirt. Like, it's not, I, w- I was thinking about all the ways I'd have to cut it up to make it cute. And I didn't take that shit off. I was with him for, like. 10 days, I wore this goddamn sweatshirt. I wore it skiing, then I wore it to bed, then I wore... I mean, it's the most comfortable sweatshirt I have ever put on my body. Wow. All right. Homeboy came through. Yes, it was a good gift. All right. What about... Well, so you got the sun kiss. You want to know something interesting? When I was a kid, I had... uh, My dad's dad was just an absolute piece of shit. He was just like a bad dude. Right. And... um, But like, when we were kids, we would see him a couple times a year. But he just absolutely hated me. He doesn't like women in general, and he just, like, didn't like me, which, honestly, I respect. I don't like a lot of children, and I wish I could be more vocal about it. Did you pick that vibe up as a kid? Yes, and I'll tell you, it's not like I picked it up. This is what (laughs) happened. Every year for Hanukkah, he would send very obvious differences in gift. For example, he would send a card with $100, a C-note for my brother, and he would send three single bills to me. No. Three dollars. Yes. Like, had, had no shame. He sent my brother one year, one of these, like, you. my brother was into baseball. You pitch at it, and it, like, throws the ball back at you. It was, like, a pitching situation. And he sent me a can of used tennis balls. I believe it's called pitch and catch. Yeah. Yes. Sure. That. And he sent me a can of used tennis balls, like you'd give to a dog. They had no bounce left in them. Like, there was no – the can was already pre-opened, and there's just three tennis balls inside that are flat. And at that point, my mom's like, here's the thing. You don't need to see this fucking guy anymore. 
You're, 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 you don't need to. What age does your mom have that conversation with you? Because that's a big deal as a parent when you're like, you need to know that in this world, there are just some people that are inexplicably mean for no reason. Yeah. And you need to, we need to stop. That's not your grandfather anymore. He's just a douche. And my brother was like, well, I'm fine with him. And my mom's like, <laughs> go ahead, take out, you know. Yeah. So he would come to my brother's baseball games. I had nothing to do with him. It seemed like, the, I, you know what's interesting about hearing you tell that story and you tell it with humor and, you know, it's just a reality. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But that same story is the same thing that would land somebody else in therapy for 30 years. Yeah. Like, why didn't he like me? I tried to be a good granddad. Yeah. It's it's just so interesting how different people respond to different stimuli. Because you were like, all right, dude, thanks mm-hmm. for the heads up so I don't have to waste my time anymore. I mean, I was probably 11 and my mom was like... So you don't have to fuck with him anymore. Obviously, he doesn't like you. You don't like him. No one's going to make you go see him. And I was like, cool, we're done here. That is strange. How is he with your dad? You know, my dad felt like he had to, like, kind of keep, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't mean to my, I mean, he was a terrible father to my dad, like, when they were growing up. Like, he was awful. Like, this is just a story to epitomize, not to get be bummer central, but it's just, like, interesting to this hear. This is real life. From. This is what we do, baby. Yeah. So when my dad was a kid, he was um, – he he really was saving up all summer for a guitar he wanted to buy. And so my grandfather was like, you can work – my grandfather was a shoe salesman. And he's like, you can work at the shoe store all summer long, and I'll pay you, like, five cents an hour, whatever. It was, like, you know, garbage amount of money. But he's like, <laughs> you know – you'll save up enough to get this guitar. So the whole summer, my dad, all his friends are out playing. He like breaks his back, works all summer long for my grandfather. At the end of the summer, he's got this shoebox under his bed that he's adding the money to and he's got enough for the guitar. Goes out for the day, does whatever, comes back and the box is gone. And my grandfather claims it was stolen. He took the fucking money back. Uh Uh-huh. And my dad doesn't see a therapist. You see, we tough. Oh, Eastern Bloc. <laughs> hey, look, you know, it, I respect that. It As a parent, you wrestle. I wrestle. I can't speak of other parents. With stealing from your kid? Yeah, with that too. Because, I mean, sometimes, like, first of all, you're not a real parent until you get high, eat all their fruit snacks, and then in the morning when they ask about it, you act like you don't know what they're talking about. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, thought, I thought we did have a full box. I don't know. Let's get on that. But, yeah, I mean... When do you tell your kid? It's almost like when you're, uh, as a black man, when your kid does a uh, report on Martin Luther King, it's like, yeah, that's great. But now you got to explain to him what racism is. And like mm-hmm. all, and it's like, do I want to do that with an eight-year-old? Or do I want to give him one more day yeah. where he doesn't know what this planet is? You yeah. know, like I'm like, it's almost like the Matrix. Like you live the fake life for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. You'll know. But I respect that like early on, 11, 12, especially as a young woman that's obviously not of age, but. 80% of dudes that are gross don't care. Mm-hmm. So as somebody used to walk around with his sister who developed early, and I remember being a young dude and being like, what are those young, what are those old men yelling at my sister? You know, like I couldn't uh-huh. even process because I just thought adults were like on this tier. Right. I didn't know they were just scumbag dudes hanging in front of a uh-huh. corner store. And I'm just like, those are grownups. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well done, fellas. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know. I think that's kind of what makes you so and you only refer to women as headstrong, but just you have to be headstrong like a battleship to be a woman with personality and a type A personality at that to make it through this world and like where you've gone with everybody just being like whatever. Everybody wants to dismiss you as like a pretty face or a loud mouth, a troublemaker, whatever. And you just none. It all bounces off of you. That's like an X-Man superpower, <laughs> dog. like bigger than claws coming out of your hand. Mm. Have you thought about that? 
No, but I do know, like, I have, you know, I'm mentally very tough. Obviously, I know that from having done Survivor. Just, I watched everyone crumbling around me, and I was like, what is the big, so you won't eat for a few days. Like, get it together. Wow. But, yeah. Mm. I will tell you, the only time my parents ever stole something from me, I like this story because my mother just has no shame. She believes, okay, I don't know if this is a Jewish thing or what, but she believes wholeheartedly which it's not just a Jewish thing. I mean, I think everyone knows this at this point, but like stuffed animals are gross and like they're dust mite riddled. And like, so <laughs> my mom, when we were kids, cause in Florida, every, I don't know why, but every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's garage sales galore. They're everywhere and they're fun. And my mother, we were not allowed to touch any stuffed animal at a garage sale. We were never allowed to eat anything at a bake sale because it was cooked in someone's house and you don't know, like they were very strict about these things. So we go, my parents take us to Las Vegas, we're kids, and we go to Circus Circus, and I'm fucking geeking out. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm winning all these massive stuffed animals that require, like, multiple trash bags, like, you know, the big, big, big ones. And I I knew, I mean, my mom doesn't like stuffed animals, and these were, like, human-sized stuffed right. animals. These are not coming home. We get off the plane. Oh, they were lost. They didn't make it. And, like, I knew at that point, like... <laughs> There's no point in crying. You ain't going to see that bunny again. Like, no, this is what it is. I was I was not I was not uh, blaming the airline on that. I don't think it ever made the flight. Southwest had nothing to no. do with that. No. It, it Honestly, the way that your parents did that is the same way that the mafia, when they have to tell somebody else in the mafia that they executed a hit, but they might be on tape. So they just have to be like, Corinne, she did, she did, she's not going to make the trip. Yeah. Is she late? She's not she gonna. Won't. She's not gonna be here. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about her anymore. She's not gonna make any trips. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what yes. happened. <laughs> yes. It was a very quick conversation. I understood <laughs> that there was not gonna be an addendum to that. Yeah. That. So makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why you're here and why you've made it as far as you did because you were able to again. How many people would be in their therapist's office and the therapist is looking at the clock, milking it like, let's go back to the bear. Yeah. Do you think that that bear represented your childhood that was left in Vegas? Mm. Do you think that's why you like to go to Vegas and rip it up? Are you looking for your teddy bear on the dance floor? It might be why I hate Vegas. Yeah, it's it's not. Why do you hate Vegas? I want to have a little chit-chat about this. Well, I cover it, and I have covered it for many years, and, like, I've just had to be there during the day so much that I find – I find anything outside of 24 hours with a perfect VIP situation, like, insufferable. I really, I really, I've had to, like, I've had to go to the Orange Theory in Vegas. Like, I've had to, like, live, live, like, a week, a month in Vegas. And it's just awful. Yeah. Brutal. The traffic is terrible. It's, it's. Mm. I don't, I, I, I'm just listening to somebody and I'm like, finally, somebody that gets me. It's, I, it's I such felt guilty because I felt like I was supposed to. No. But I'm like, I would never hang with these people. No. You're drinking out of a plastic Thing Yard. that's shaped like a sword from a pirate ship. <laughs> yeah. You're 43. Yeah. yeah. You're drinking a blue aqua. Like, if when I used to drink, and I say this on stage, and it's funny because I say it because I know people hate it, but I don't drink. I didn't drink White Claws and like all that kind. I'm old school. We're gonna have some vodka. Yeah. And we're gonna drink it until we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna sit here. We're gonna finish this. We're not gonna be. Playing beach volleyball and and being sexy with our eight pack abs, we're alcoholics. Yeah. That party, 
So let's get on it and let's remember who we are. I went out on my shield like Braveheart. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. no fizzy drinks. So I re- yeah, it is kind of amateur hour. I feel like I don't well, know. I don't know. That and like for, I'm old. For the most part, like especially like coming up in New York and L.A., like I respect a place that is impossible to get into. And that's just not the case. There's they're so massive. The nightclubs there that like, yes, there's a gen pop area that like anybody with enough money to either buy a bottle or buy the entrance fee or whatever can get in. And then there's a VIP. But like I still have to mingle with those people when I'm coming in and out. And I don't. If there's 600 people up there, is it really VIP? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Is it? No, it's not. And I mean, you know, again, I, I look, this is not a popular opinion, but like I think VIP in the club system should be entirely based on looks and money. And that's it. No uggos up in the club. You can put them in the regular places. They can go to a dive bar. Well, if you're but if you're an uggo that's got dough, then that's the exception. Yeah. But you ha- I mean, then you have to buy your way in with bottle service. But in Vegas, it's really just, uh, the, you know, the middle of the DMV. It's a lot of fours and fives. Best. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the, the really hot people, to which I am not one, if they I are disagree. in Vegas, they're like in a suite kicking it. Like with yes. two ambassadors kids. Like they're not <laughs> anywhere where me, a dude from Cleveland, like, excuse me, mm-hmm. <laughs> would you like to? And they're like, no, dog. Like I, I just think VIP is like something that has been put upon the masses. But honestly, like the real VIPs aren't even in that area. They came in the back of the club, through the kitchen, through the manager's office, and then they're in a room that's soundproofed where they can look out over the dance floor. But they're not, like, (laughs) near us in the VIP. So anyway, I'm I'm just saying this is a dude that doesn't dance anymore. I think that's part of it, too. Mm. I think we're we're all done there. So you went through New Year's without drinking, obviously. I did. Yeah, and so as people were getting progressively more sloppy around you, that didn't annoy you? I ran mm. after you I was You didn't do a little meet and greet, sell some merch? No. <laughs> Corinne, we got to talk about that. On and off the air, I think that it's without a doubt now that I am developing some kind of, not a phobia, but I just want to be back in my room when I'm off stage. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. I, I used to hang out, Corinne, I know. all night. I, it's just age because I, like... I ponied up for, so I went, I did, you know, Christmas Day brunch at the Four Seasons here. Mm. Then the very next morning, I got on the early ass first flight out, flew into LA, took a five hour car trip to Mammoth, spent several days in Mammoth, then came back down, spent some time in Manhattan Beach, went out on, it was like a, like at the, at certain points I was like, I, I just need, I need, I need, to, I need to not be around people. I need to like, I, I have like, and I used to be somebody that was hundred percent of the time had plans. Like I've, I was never alone ever, but now I'm alone so often that it's hard for me, like to be it just, in other people's space for so long. It was good. Cause obviously like they were my good friends, but, um, okay. But since I have this question, um, Ooh, that question. was asked of you. So this is from Tra- Travis. All right, Travis. Um, he said, so he was asking in, um, the, Facebook group, anyone in here sober? Because I just hit one year, but I'm curious about one, if it gets easier because it fucking sucks. And two, what do you do instead to make it not hard? And I feel this from like my soul. So I have no, I am very lucky. I don't have addictive tendencies for the most part. Like, so it wouldn't make a difference. Like, you know, if I, I, if I never drank again or like, but I, 
don't have a lot of fun when I'm not drinking. <laughs> and, like, life is kind of boring. And, like, I feel the same way. Like, okay, well, what am I going to go, you know, I'm going to go out to a Hollywood nightclub and then, like, what am I going to do with myself? Right. And everyone around me is getting progressively drunker. Like, so that is something I don't understand. And then I wanted to, I wanted to see what your advice on that was. Well, first of all, shout out to you for one year. When I uh, I just hit three years this past December nineteenth, uh, but I just I'm just sober from alcohol. Like you know, yeah. there are other natural substances that I indulge in, and he likes bath salts, guys. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Feel like a little crocodile in here, a little uh, angel dust, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, and you know, when the pandemic first hit, I'd already been sober for almost a year at that point, maybe about eight months. And people started reaching out to me uh, from different parts of my life. And uh, by the end of it, there were like eight people on a Zoom call that I was helping get sober, which I never was like on Facebook, like reach out. But so many people that kind of want to get sober, see you do it. And they're just they just kind of sidle up to you like, hey, how'd you do that, dog? Mm -hmm. You know, so I was in different races, genders, way different age demos. Like it's crazy. Like the spectrum is everyone. And what I noticed in those calls is that there's a couple different kinds of people that get sober, but there's really two main ones. One are like me where you're like, I woke up, I was like, never again. Thank God I'm done with this. Put my arms in the air like Rocky at the top of them Mm -hmm. steps and I was done. Never thought of, never. I could be a bartender. You could, I take a bath in vodka. I just don't want anymore. The other side of that coin is much more difficult. The people that stopped drinking because they had to for, you know, to stay, you know, court court reasons, which I know them. And I know, you know, people that just like their spouse or their friends or their kids or their job was like, hey, bro, you got one more of those, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. DUI, whatever. And when you still want something, your body is almost in tune to make you fixate on it. Even more than if you could still drink, but uh, you broke your leg or something, couldn't get out of the hospital. You wouldn't be thinking about drinking that much. But because you feel great, you're like, I want to drink, but you know you can't. So now you want to drink more. Yeah. And what I'll tell Trevor is one. Travis. (laughs) Damn it, Travis. What I would tell Travis is this, man. You have to do one or two things. One, if you're going to choose to hang out with the same group of people you need to do what I do, get there early, shake hands, have fun, see if there's anybody you're interested in pursuing, depending on where you're going, mm-hmm. you know, looking for girls, or if you're just going to go hang with the homies. Don't be antisocial. If y'all are going to meet up at 930, get there at 930, hang out till 955 and roll out because you're just going to tease yourself being there, and your friends are going to get more drunk and more annoying, and you're not going to like that. And honestly, what... The real advice is, is you're going to have to change your habits. You're going to have to find something else to do because the thing, you don't like going to the bar because you like sitting in a room with sports center on in the corner. Right. You like going to the bar social because aspect. you get, yeah, social and drunk. But you're uh, if you don't want to interact with drunk people, which most sober people mm-hmm. lose the patience for, you got to find something else to do. And that's the, that's good and bad because, yes, it's going to push you out of your comfort zone. But guess what, dude? During the day... Mm, you shine. You can shine. And guess who's <laughs> out during the day? Mm. A lot of people like Corinne, people <laughs> that are into being in shape, people mm. that are into doing yoga, people that are into, you know, working, you know, doing, uh, you know, I do soul cycle and then I hike or 
there's other ways to entertain yourself. And as somebody like myself that was all nightlife for almost 20 years, I didn't realize that there was a whole other half of life. Like, oh, you, there's still dope stuff to do during the day that I used to think was corny, but it was just because mm-hmm. I just never experienced it. You were too hungover it. to do it? Yeah, I was like, who? <laughs> I think the, the biggest thing for me with, so I personally much prefer not to date someone that's sober because mm-hmm. I think part of drinking is drinking with someone. Now, it doesn't mean that I, like, you know, I have an ex here who has to be sober from time to time. <laughs> and, <laughs> so he really doesn't have to be. <laughs> um but I would say that one of the biggest criteria for me is, like, you are fine. I, I bring an, a bottle of alcohol or I have a drink here. Like, you're fine to be around it. But it's the people that also can't be, like, like we ha- like, well, this is a poor example. But I have dated a lot of Mormons in my life. And I dated this Mormon guy. I didn't know he was Mormon when I met him. And then I went to Newport Beach for our first date. I get he takes me to like a pizza parlor, which is a fucking terrible date. Um, but I was already an hour and a half it's from not, my house. It's not a sexy food. No. Um, but anyways, we sit down and I, I, the waitress comes over and I was just like, I'll take your shitty red wine at this pizza fucking place. And he was like, ooh, could you not? And I was like, ooh. Um, no, I'm, a- I'm actually going to go ahead and get that wine. And he's like, well, you know, I'm religious and I don't drink. I was like, cool, good, good for you. I'm not, and I you do. You guys are having this, this conversation at the table? Yeah, I was like, and this date's gone. Like, in my head, I'm like, I'm already stuck down here. It was, you know, Newport Beach is like a fair distance from Hollywood. It's far, especially and, with traffic. Yeah, I mean, this is the beginning of the whole problem. So this guy, I'll try and tell the story succinctly. So this guy was the most beautiful man. So I was at a club that doesn't exist anymore called Bardot, which we renamed Bardont. Um, and I was at Bardot and I was hammered and I see this fucking goddess. He's like 6'6", six, six, like beautiful. And so of course, like I'm going to town, like I'm making out with him. Nothing about him seemed religious. Let's put it that way. Wow. I didn't know he wasn't drinking. We stepped out into light to exchange numbers and like my sparkle lip gloss was all over this man's face. And so he's like, I'd love to take you out. I was like, please do. I didn't realize how far away he lived. It was like my first year in Hollywood. All right. So he invites me but down. But he, to- was, he was an hour and a half drive good looking. Yeah. I mean, well, I, again, like when he said Newport Beach, I was like, oh, that's sexy, Newport Beach. But like Newport Beach is legitimately in traffic so far from LA, from Hollywood. But I already said yes. And he's like, I want to take you on this boat. And I was like, a boat, Newport Beach, like I'm in the money. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, the boat was a fucking scenic tour with a hundred other fucking tourists. Oh, VIP. Yeah. Just like we were talking about. Yeah. And they were like, here's one. Here's one ticket for a Diet Coke. Um, and then afterwards, Ooh. we go to dinner at this pizza parlor, which is then where I realized that. And again, I have dated a lot of Mormons. I got no problem. I, you could be whatever you want. I'm a free agent. Sell it to me. So we go for this dinner. I decide to drink wine. He doesn't. And then I'm staying at his place because it's like, again, like a bit of a hike. And I was always meant, I was always going to stay over, but I didn't understand the intricacies of staying over because I didn't know he was so religious. So when I get over there, first of all, he has no fucking, what do you call it? Internal AC. Like it's hot. It's the middle of the summer. Yeah. Air conditioning. You don't even, (laughs) internal. No, he didn't have any AC. AC. Hard stop. The windows are open because they're like near the beach, but it is not enough. So he has, like, a twin bed, and he has a roommate. The roommate is in another room, but, like, we pass each other in the kitchen. And so I go into the bedroom, and I'm like, he's like, do you want to watch a movie? And this is before, uh, like, Netflix and shit. So I'm, like, looking, and I'm like, why does he have, like, Finding Nemo? And then, like, Stuart Little. I was like, do you have a non-cartoon? And he's like, well, I can't see R-rated. And I was like, oh, this again? So I'm like, all right. 
then <laughs> this is really gets bad. So I'm like, it's hot. We're watching this movie. So I start to disrobe and he's like, oh, you can't, you can't get undressed. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm wearing jeans. Like, I'm not going to sleep in these jeans. He's like, let me give you basketball shorts. So he gives me basketball shorts and a shirt. And he's a large man. So this doesn't fit me at all. And I'm just like, I with this. So then he says to me, I know, Al, you're really going to like the way that you're going to like the way this ends. So he says to me, um, he's like, listen, have you ever had Levi Loving? And I was like, no, I don't. I I don't know what that is. And he's like, well, it's my understanding that it's better than sex. And I was like, but you haven't had sex. So anyways, it's generated. By the way, that's how you sell people. (laughs) When they've never had sex, you're like, this is better than sex. And they're like, yeah. it probably is. Yeah. What do they know? So it's just dry humping in your jeans, which is why they call it Levi Loving. So he's like, do you want to try it? And I was like, sure, I guess so. <laughs> so I get on top of him. And seconds later, you know, the party's over. We're all done. And he's like, so was it good? I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not how sex works. That. Yeah. He's like, most women love it. I was like, who? Who loves this? And also, why are you going to my nightclubs? This was such a bait and switch. All right. So I leave the next morning at like the crack of dawn. I do not say goodbye. I just get in my vehicle and I leave. And that day happened to be, it was a Sunday. And it was, I want to say it was St. Patrick's Day. So all of my friends were meeting at this bar that we go to in LA. So I go home, I change real quick, and I go meet them at the bar. And um, while we're at the bar, my phone is blowing up. It's him. He's calling, calling, calling. And so I was like, oh, that's so annoying. And so just by like instinct, because the only other social media at the time was Facebook, I go to his Facebook and I see that it says in a relationship. And I was like, oh, he probably got back together with the Mormon girl that he was with for like 10 years. He's with the same girl his whole life. I'm the one, you know, he took a hard right. Obviously, I completely ruined him on regular women. He went back to her. He's, you know. So I was like, why is he calling me? I don't need the fucking let down. You don't need to tell me that, you know, you I'm a dirty whore and, you know, like I've had sex and I drink and we can't do this. So I was like, let me just step outside because he just wouldn't stop calling. I step outside the bar and I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, um, so I was looking at flights to Florida and I was like, what? And it's like loud and I'm half drunk and I'm like, sorry, what? And he's like, your parents, they live in Florida, right? And I was like. Yeah, my parents live in Fort Lauderdale. He's like, okay, well, I was looking for flights. Al, he was in a relationship with me. He thought it was time to meet my parents. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? He was ready. He was like, I can't hold off anymore. I need to get at her. And the only way, like, uh, you know, I also heard that, you know, some Mormons, because Utah does border Nevada, will dip over the border, get married for 72 hours, have at it like like two wild animals, and then get it annulled because it's only been a couple days, and then go back to Utah because you did not engage in premarital sex because you guys are not married. Oh, my God. That is, I... I You guys were married when you you had the sex, and now you're no longer. Huh. Yes. And you're not divorced either. It's annulled, so it never happened. Mm. Mm. I mean, because, look... You, you can dance around it any way that you want, but I studied biology. We're all human beings. We just know this. You're going to generate sperm and semen mm-hmm. and sexual thoughts towards yeah. whatever gender, but towards something probably. Yes. And in that case, especially if it's a woman such as yourself, you're attractive, you're interesting. You know, I'm sure a guy like you must have blown his world up. And he thought he was doing you the biggest favor by being like, yeah. date number two, meet the parents. Date yeah. number three, we're married. <laughs> we marry, yeah. That's well, crazy town. The, I mean, the even weirder part about this is that 
maybe like two years later, he started dating a model that I know. And mm. he married her immediately. And they have like four kids now. Really? Yeah. But he was trying to, he was, yeah. I, it was a bizarre scenario all around. And any any just, regrets? On my end, absolutely not. I regret going all the way to Newport Beach. That was a waste of my fucking time. Do you think he would have been a good husband? No. Why not? I mean, yes, if you're looking for like a loser, like a nice guy that's like <laughs> not funny particularly, not particularly driven, not particularly smart. He was one of those people, this is my favorite when like, when they're in that like zone where they should have figured out their career choice, like they're like 34, let's say, and they're still going, you know, but I think I could do photography. Like, can't be doing that. You're 34, bro. living with a roommate, and um, you know what? Give up on the dream, or just under- or do it on the side, but don't don't try and make it as a photographer. Like, just start that. Figure it out. Get a job. I think that's the problem, Corinne. Is that we keep telling everybody follow your dream. And I know people are like, oh, you followed your dream. Yeah, I was also a middle school teacher. I also yeah. worked in a medical lab, which is not my dream, but I ended up. I was prepared to do both those things for the rest of my life. I happened to start doing stand-up at the behest of nobody. I just thought yeah. it changed my life. But I was not going to go through life like, I'm going to be an actor or I'm going to die. Do, try like Stop with that dramatic. Get a job. Mm-hmm. Get stable. And then all the other stuff. You can do fun stuff around it. Plan, plan your life around your job. I mean, plan your job around your life or whatever. But everybody thinks that they have to, like, become like Picasso by finding their gift and like one day I realized I was a sculptor. It's like probably not. No. You're probably not, dude. Mm. You just need to go to work and it'll all figure itself out. Also, I'm not a big fan of like, okay, I bought this camera so now I'm a photographer. Like, I I want to see you hustle. Like, go take lessons. Like, yeah. Like, practice your craft. Yeah. There, yeah. It's, 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 it's easier to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's the the thing that people don't really want to do. Everybody's like, yo, rise and grind and we're going to hustle out here and baby hustle all day. And don't have a plan B. And just... Yeah, don't don't have a plan B. No. First of all, that's crazy. It's such a bad What if idea. the Marine said that? Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to land on the beach and if they're, uh, if it's an ambush, then... no plan B. Remember that bumper sticker we read? <laughs> Excuse me, you better. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's this weird thing and if you're a young person out there and you're looking for your calling or whatever, stop We've all been subjected to too much TV mm-hmm. and too much drama and like, oh, and then I went on American Idol and won. Probably not. Mm-hmm. You might finish 112th. And that means there's only 100 better singers than you in the country. You should be proud of that. But now it's time to go get a job. And that's fine, too. I mean, this is the plight of every single person that's ever done Survivor. They're yeah. like, oh, they're going to call me back any day now. Yeah. Yeah. Certain- Sometimes you're just a one-hit wonder, man. And sometimes um, but also, people will kill I, for that one hit. I am like, okay, so this is, I always used to say this in LA. Like, I'm not trying to date an up and coming whatever. At this age, you should be whatever you are. And if you're not, I'd also like to chase my dream. But I'm not because I'm working. So you know what I'm not going to do is work so you can chase your dream. That would really cause resentment for yes. me. Yes. Yeah. And you know what that is, which I don't know. Because usually the dynamic is the male chasing his dream and the woman supporting that. I'm sorry, I've said this before. People don't get it because they don't see it like this, but I, I peel away the aesthetics and just look at what it is. It's pimping. Yeah. When the woman works and brings the money back to you, yeah. that's pimping. Yeah. Now, your pimp can have on a a, 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 a pink uh, three-piece suit and pink alligator shoes and be in a lime green Mercedes mm-hmm. or... 
Your pimp could be a college graduate who's at home becoming a writer. Yeah. But what's the difference between that pimp and your aspiring author that just can't, you know, one of these days this guy is going to be an author or the best drummer ever. What, wh- why hasn't that happened yet? Couldn't the pimp? Doesn't he tell his girls the same thing? Hey, girl, I'm taking you to the top, baby. You keep coming with me. Hey, listen, Coco, <laughs> like let, let me tell you this, Coco. You make your next move your best move, baby. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You're going to barbecue or mildew. What are you going to do now, girl? <laughs> you What's different than that than like, baby, just six more months. I'm almost done with the last yeah. chapter. And after this, I'm going to pay for everything. It's the same hustle. Mm-hmm. It's just people don't see it. And you do. And that's why it sounds crazy when you go, yo, I want the finished product. I think that's fair. You wouldn't let Amazon send you something that wasn't finished? When I was 19, I was like, sure. I would date somebody that thought they were going to be a model or this and that. But, like, when you're in your 30s, no, it's pretty baked in. Like, it's not cute then. It's it's rare. And and I think the bigger issue is that you have a 30-year-old that still thinks that there's, like, you're going to make it. Like, Mm -hmm. to what extent? Like, you have friends that you think – Gave up their dream for corporate America. Guess what? They have a 401k. Yeah. And they can they see retirement in 11 years. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. So I, I, I get that. Uh, so to wrap that up for Travis, be prepared to change course. Your job, your life is not dedicated to going to the bar and hanging with the homies. There's other shit out there, bro. Go look and see. And if you don't like it, come back and figure out a way to make the bar fun. But go do other things for a second. Yeah, I I guess I don't know. Um, I think he stopped drinking for health reasons, but I'm not sure. He's not like somebody that has like wild out or something. Oh, okay. But, um, That's even better. But I I I'm a real big fan of picking a new vice. Yeah. Like I don't know. There's other things you can do besides drink. But name one. Weed. Oh, yeah, of like, course. <laughs> like, you can change lanes. You well, know, oh, because I, I – and that's the other thing, that we need to kind of, as a society, figure out how to say if you don't drink but you get high, yeah. if you don't drink but you take uh, mushrooms once a month yeah. or whatever people do. The traditional thing of sober where it's like I don't touch the stuff and I go to meetings and in, 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 at the Y and I, I drink coffee and I talk about what happened. Some people are like, found out alcohol doesn't work for me, but guess what? Uh Having uh, some mushrooms uh, at the beginning and end of every summer has made me closer to my kids. I don't know why it works. It works for me. That's going to be your schedule. But, like, can that person say they're sober? I guess not, but they are. Yeah. You know, like, well, it's California sober. Right. Yes. I mean, I I have for so long, I have wished that, like, weed was my friend. It's just never been the case. Like, I, I wish that I could have as good a time or, like, I just I, – I mean, I have severe anxiety problems with weed. So, like, I can't be in public on weed at all. Could you period. be over here at this house? Because if I wasn't driving, of course, yeah, no, I would take care of you. But it, that would be my that would be my Super Bowl. It's just to be around. <laughs> but I become like Al. I don't know if I swallowed enough saliva in the last hour. How do I check if I swallowed enough saliva? Like I can feel my heartbeat in my toe. Like I like yeah. can't keep it together. I've been around a few people like mm-hmm. that a couple times in my life, and it, I've I've smoked weed around a lot of people throughout my forty five years on this planet. But there have been a couple where I realized that. They're so paranoid that as a black man, they might get me jammed up. <laughs> like there's been a couple times where like one time I remember me and my buddy, uh, man, I guess I can't even say his name, but he, we didn't do anything. It was hilarious. But we were staying, uh, we were doing a comedy show in this like small town in, in Illinois. 
And uh, we had smoked. Ramon was like this big kind of teddy bear Mexican dude, uh, you know, and he just liked to talk philosophy all night and just smoke and talk. I love hanging out. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And some this is like a thing where like people had like apartments above the comedy club because I think it was kind of like a low budget, whatever. And we smoked, and I'll never forget Ram- Ramones Lane. God, I shouldn't say his name. Well, you said it like four times. Did I? <laughs> it's, there's a lot of Ramones in this world. Yeah, yeah, Ramone, whoever. So my homie is laying. I remember looking at him. He's laying flat on his back, staring at the ceiling, talking about his plans in the ne- next few years. And the girl was sitting on the couch. I was already laying on my twin bed, and she just goes, what are you guys planning? Like, out of nowhere. Oh. And we were just like... Excuse, like, and, I, and I'll never forget, like, as I went down the hall and got the guy that was running things, I was like, you need to come get her. Yeah, Because we yeah. were just sitting in the room, and then all of a sudden, whatever shifted in her brain, she she just saw two men of color that, like, he, they're Plotting. trying to trick me. He got into his pajamas. That's oh. the signal. Like, yeah. he was literally laying in those two, like, Clark Griswold uh-huh. pajamas. But, yeah, so it's like, it. weed is like a, not with, it wouldn't be with you, but, like, with certain people when they say, I get paranoid. I think they really mean it. It's like when somebody says I shouldn't drink tequila and you're like, drink it. And you're yeah. like, oh. Yeah. I mean, there's been several times, like, I mean, I do try and take edibles to go to sleep, but mostly because there's been, I, can't, I couldn't even count the amount of people that are like, pick a new drug, Corinne. Ambien's not for you. Right. Does <clears throat> we just not do it? No. It makes me, um, the edible doesn't make me anxious necessarily, but it makes me like so thirsty for the entire next like 10 hours. So I can't even like fall asleep because I have like I don't I I need more water and then I have to go to the bathroom and it's it's just problematic. But I do um I do like to I, I like a combo. So there we take, go. Like five milligrams. There we go. We, little, little tiny little. scientist every <laughs> yeah. night. There we go. Yeah. Let's see what will but, be the mixture. Listen, last night I needed a tranquilizer gun. Like I was just it was nothing was working. I redosed my Ambien like four hours into the night. And yeah. you still, I mean, have you talked to a doctor about this? It seems like you have hyper. <laughs> no, like, but this doesn't, ha- this only happened because I OD'd on chocolate and I had too much caffeine in my system. The okay. caffeine fought the Ambien and the caffeine won. This is my working theory of what went down. Um, speaking of what went down, I have the craziest story. I'm going to leave out the names of anybody involved. I've been waiting for this. But this is this is what happened. I'm going to try and tell this like it's going to sound like I'm describing like a Scooby-Doo antic. Like it doesn't make sense that this actually happened, but this is really what happened. So um, my friends and I got a table at like an awesome Hollywood nightclub um, for New Year's Eve. Okay. And that was like perfect. It was extremely VIP. Like the barrier to entry was big. I'm trying to picture this. How many of it is you total? When you said- Within my crew? Yes. Um, there were... Five or six of us. Okay. No, uh, five. Yeah, five of us. So we had we got like penthouse suites in a hotel across from the the venue where the and we and we got a driver despite the fact that it was only across the street because if we wanted to go to an after party, which if you don't know anything about LA, the actual club is just a piece of the night. What you need is a solid after party, especially on something like New Year's. So my friend that was taking us who got the table was like, I'm paying for the table. I'm paying for the the suites. Like. Your only job is to figure out after hours. And I'm like, Ooh. I haven't lived here. I haven't been in L.A. in three years. Like, I did know people. I was hobnobbing. I was trying to, like, figure out where something might be. So me and this other girl were doing the same thing. And so we're, like, coming together once in a while. Like, you know, every 30 minutes or so, I'm like, I got this, but I don't think it's super solid. And then she comes to me. She goes, I got it. I got it. 
I was like, okay. And she goes, we're going to Michael Jackson's death house. <laughs> and I was like, fucking don't know what that is, but I'm in. She's like, it is what it sounds. It's where he died. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So the we get house. the address of where we're going. The, you know, the, the club, everything starts shutting down at like 130, 145 in LA. So we're like, ready. We've got the driver all, you know, we don't have to get an Uber, nothing. Great. We load up into the SUV. Where are you in terms of intoxication at this point in the evening? Unfortunately, it takes a lot for me to get drunk. And despite, I mean, I had a bottle in front of me that was like literally for me. Like, like we got this bottle of bourbon, basil Hayden, because that's what I was going to drink. Um, but you see, I had been partying for too many days straight. And what happens is my body's like, nah, nah. Like you're not, this is, we're used to this now. So I was like pretty sober, which is actually bad, which contributes to how come I was the most scared of everyone. So we get out of the car and it's, okay, so it is in, I, we, we looked it up. It's an 18.1-ish million dollar house. It is where Michael Jackson died. Um, when we get to the front of the house, um, there's a call box, but there's no one else around. So I was like, this is not the right address. This can't be right. But because we can look, you can Google Michael Jackson death house and the address that we were at is the, ad- so like it was the right place. So we push a button on the call box and the double gates just open, but there's no one there. This is like black mirror. Very. And so we walk in and I'm like trepidatious just because like, so the whole entire front of this, I'll try and do my best to explain this. It's like, Pieces of cobblestone in between that are pieces of really green grass, like those kinds of driveways, which is a fucking nightmare for heels. But it's fancy, though. That's it's a extremely fancy, but yeah. it's impossible to get through. Like, your heel ends up in the grass. Like, I was, like, on my tippy toes, but still I was, like, missing. Like, it was, like, challenging to get. So we... We then a figure. I don't know if grown women were meant to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a figure appears, and it's this like older guy, very lovely. He's the person that gave my friend the address, and he's he doesn't say anything though. He's not like the bar is this way. We walk in, and it's they kept everything exactly as it was when Michael was there. So there's a grand piano, there's the library, and like everything just looks museum like and untouched. And again, there's no one in this fucking house. There's no one there. When you say and no one, you mean no just, one. Just the one figure that approached that was like I gave – he gave the pretty girl in my group the address. And now we, what's his breakdown? Race, age, demo? So he's what does white he look like? and he's probably mid-50s. Um, he looks he's short. He looks like maybe he could be somebody's agent. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, now we're, now we're in the home. And by the way, we told our car service – he could go, you know, we'll give him, like, 10 minutes heads up when we need him back. But, like, he's released. Like, he can, you know, we don't need him to sit in front. Anyways, the, at no point is this gentleman, like... By the way, I hope you said you're released <laughs> to the driver. <laughs> they, they love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Well, it, so we ended up... So, all right. So now we're in the, this house, and we go all the way through, and then we hit... It's like a precipice. We're, like, on... Like high up, there's a huge amount of stairs that lead up to where we're already standing. And they go down to this pool, this gorgeous pool house. And all of a sudden, the music kicks on. Again, no one is here. The music kicks on and the fountains start going and the lights start going. And so I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, I can see that this like could be a party. But unless we're partying with his ghost, there's no one fucking here. And I also don't know where the bar is. And I don't feel comfortable rifling through Michael Jackson's things. Like, I don't know where anything is. So I'm, like, looking at my friend and I'm like, hey, like, I think we should probably wrap this up. Like, why don't you give, you know, the driver a call? 
And so he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, this is creepy. And like, at, at, when so the, no one and, was like, let's stay. No. And honestly, when the fountains went on, it sounded, I thought like, I thought it was going to be like, we're hunting the most dangerous game on the planet, man, go. Like, I was like, it sounded like a paintball gun when like the fountain started. So I was like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. This is creepy as shit. So he calls the driver and the driver's like, and, and I should mention, so on, on the entry point to this house, there was a sign that says like danger Rottweilers. And I happen to be very afraid of dogs. Now there was no barking. I thought, you know, my Jewish father has a sign up that says like danger dog. And we have a Shih Tzu, you know, like that's 15 years old. So I was like, it's probably just like you, I don't hear anything. All right, so I'm like, we got to go. We got to go. Call the driver. He calls the driver. The driver's like, I can be there in like five minutes. I'm like, great. Let's start making our way back to the front. I don't know where this mysterious middle-aged guy went. I mean, I didn't see him again. I still You never saw him again. Well, I still, well, eventually, um, no. I didn't see him. And I again, no one else is on premise. It's already well past 2 a.m. There's no after hours here. They just gave the address to the one girl in my party. Probably thought she was coming by herself. I don't know. But I was like, we got to go. We got to go. Oh. Everyone agrees we got to go. All right. So we're in the front and we cannot get the gate. The driver's on the other side of the gate. The driver's pushing the same call box. We can see him through the slit in the gate. However, now they're not opening. The person whoever granted us access is not opening the gate. And we are stuck, trapped inside this home. So I am now like, I am doing like a, no, 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 no. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And I, I, I'm like, I'm now frantically looking for a kill switch. Like, how do we get out? And then all of a sudden, one of the other dudes in my party goes, fuck. And I look up and on the horizon, I swear to God, like outlined by like fog is four massive fucking dogs. Shut your face. And I face. hear the like, the low growl from one of them. And I was like, oh my, like, I didn't know what to do because we're cornered and they're going to just fucking maul us. I mean, that's the whole danger Rottweiler's fucking signage. And I'm like, so one of my friends is trying to get jump the fence, but it's very high. And it's not like a one of those chain link fence where you can like wedge your feet in. It's just all wood. So he can't, he's a tall guy, but he can't get, oh, he can't launch himself over, which even if he did, we still didn't know any kind of code. Somebody still has to open these fucking gates. So I am like panicking. I'm pushing all of these buttons and like it's very escape room-ish. I've never done an escape room, but I'm assuming this is what it would feel like. <laughs> um, and so eventually um, I the, the dogs are on the horizon and like doing that low growl. And it's just like at any moment they're just going to come for us. And then this fucking middle-aged white guy reappears and he's like, you're looking for the kill switch because that's what I was. I was like, I had taken the top of the box off, like trying to, there's got to be a kill switch. There always is. And he's like, it's right here. And he opens it and then he like puts his hand up so that the dogs don't come after us and lets us leave. But I was like, we came so close. And so both my heels had platform on the bottom. It's kind of hard to explain, but, um, and they're like my favorite pair of heels. I've had them for a while broke both my fucking heels because at that point I was not regarding the cobblestone versus the grass. I was just running. And oh like, my God. I was like, yeah, I thought for sure this is the end. Wait, this is, this is the most embarrassing death of all time. It, at Michael Jackson's house, it, not even a child. I wouldn't say it would be, it'd be embarrassing. I'd be like, that's the only way that you would have to go out. Cause you can't go out like any kind of, Oh, I choked on my sandwich at Panera bread. Like, no, <laughs> he was if you're going to die, Parmesan it's, cheese. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be at Michael Jackson's house. Now, a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm going to try and channel questions that maybe the viewers have for that story. The guy that came back out for the kill switch and the guy that initially opened the door for you, 
was he the guy that you think wanted to hook up with your friend or was he like an so employee? He wasn't giving hookup vibes at all. I mean, I he I mean, he didn't like like I'm saying we walked in and he didn't, he wasn't even like here's here are the roofies and the bar are over here, you know, nothing. Um I don't I assume we think he's the one that bought cuz the house was recently turned over and he chose to keep all of the relics that were Michaels. Um so I I mean first of all he's probably a Michael super fan which is always a dicey area to be in. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, I was legitimately very concerned and then because I was the most I would say the most sober of everyone, but I looked like there there was I I wish I had the footage. I asked him and he's like I don't have it. I the the one that was like oh shit was um one of our guy friends who he's he is a like very fabulous gay man and he was he took his phone out and started filming and I was like what are you doing right we don't have time for this like it always strikes me as weird when people like in a crisis like a tsunami or whatever they're like filming he was like I don't know, we need some you know some v- verification of what the Proof fuck happened we before here. a dog ate my face oh my god mm-hmm. that. I'm- yeah, that's it's just such a strange story. And the fact that, like, if he invited her over for after hours, what I would do if I had Michael Jackson's house, and I, let's say I had fixated on you, like, okay, I want to mm-hmm. hang out with her, what I would do is be like, hey, Corinne's friends, look at the game room. There's a Ferris yes! wheel down oh my there. God. Get, get We're going to be upstairs yeah. checking yeah. out the. No, he really, like, I'm not sure what his, I think what we, what was later assessed, not by me, but by other people in my party, was, was that. There was an attempt made, but poor, to having an after hours, which is why he kicked the music on, the fountain. Like, he was thinking people would come, but no one except us did, which made us uncomfortable, which made us leave immediately. Right. But he was like, obviously, that's an incredible house. Like, You know what it, you got to do? If that's your – you got to call up. because You can throw some money at Google, have them change it from Michael Jackson Death House to like cool, cool new rich guy's house. <laughs> and then you bring yeah. people over at night. They won't know, like, cool. No, no one will know that's Michael's mm-hmm. house. Just take down the regular stuff. But yeah, only, and by the way, my, my, just the best way to end that story is when you told me that you had to tell me about yeah. the story via text, I glanced at the message and I thought you said you did an escape room with no. the theme of Michael Jackson's house. No. I did not know you were actual, at Michael Jackson's house. Actual house. Yep. Actual house. What was I think? Only you. <laughs> Only you would actually be there. Yeah, so we failed our assignment in finding a good after party, which just goes to show you, I, I just, I've aged out of the market. It's time for me to just relinquish my crown. And now I live in Denver and I do shitty Denver things like go to breweries and Look, complain about the weather. We're trying to convince Travis that there's <laughs> life after the nightclub. And then you're like, look. I, I, you win. I'm dead inside. Are <laughs> yeah, you happy? I'm yeah. home at nine. You squares. Uh, <laughs> well, one. I have one more uh, question that was posed on the Facebook group that I, love this. I thought you might like because um, we're talking about you know uh, like what what made my entire holiday and New Year it's like the people right like the friends I surround myself with that's like my most important factor. I have handpicked. Everybody that's in my life at this point, right? Trim the fat. And she bases that on whether they're white or not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Listen, two of the people I was with on New Year's Eve were black. Um, Okay. So this is from Matthew. He said, how do you dump a friend group? 
Over the past year, I've befriended a group of three girls who I feel I've given a lot of my time and energy towards. New Year's Eve really hurt me tonight. I waited in line to get into the bar for an hour before paying $90 for a line leap just to hang out with them. The second they saw me, two of them ran the other way. The third one said it was girls' night, and that's why they didn't talk to me. It really dampened my New Year's Eve, I would imagine so. Just because it's a girls' night doesn't mean you get to be rude to someone who clearly considered you a friend. Clearly, these three girls are not my friends and deserve some sort of painful comeuppance revenge. Any advice on ending my relationship with them slash revenge ideas would be really appreciated. And Happy New Year, everyone. No, Normally, I'd say walk away. But when somebody mentions the word revenge more than three times in an email, (laughs) we we got to give them some advice. Mm -hmm. And and I'm thinking uh, uh, we could just go old school. And depending on how deep those pockets are or if you got a friend or two, that's got some money, I think that maybe you have a big blowout celebration of some sort. Make sure to put that all over your IG. Well, I mean, for sure you invite them. And then when they get there, you go, what are you doing here? Like that invitation. He can't invite them. A a third party has to. Yeah, it was an accidental. Then they realize they're oversold. an invitation. Um, I will tell you a little ditty. My mom, who we all have established, has like crazy insane rules. She had a rule when I was a kid. I was not allowed to play in groups of three, period, end of story. Wasn't allowed. And the reason she had for that is if there's a group of three people, one person is always left out. Three is a bad number. So I could play. If I wanted to have friends over, I could have three friends over so there were four of us. But I could never just have three girls because in my mom's opinion, three girls means Always, there's going to be two that merge closer and one person's getting left out. It's not equal distribution. Well, your mom has never seen a couple categories on X hamster. (laughs) Uh. Well, so what I say to thee (laughs) is you figure out who the weak link of the three girls is, and that's who you infiltrate. And you start hanging out with her separate from the other two. You got to break the three up. You got to figure out where that is. Wow. Mm -hmm. I like that you're – yeah. And honestly, see, I'm, I'm old school with it. I think if he just has he, – he's got to have a time in which everybody in all his friend groups know that they, he's celebrating something. Mm. I don't care what it is. Make it up, bro. Your 27th <laughs> birthday, lottery. your sixth month straight yeah. at this job, blow it out. <laughs> get a friend and, like, don't blow your pockets out. But, like, you know somebody. We all know somebody like, oh, my uncle – you know he he uh, he cleans floors in the Empire State Building. He can get the he can get the roof access for an hour. Whatever, make it cheap, but like blow it out and just let them know. Like have a third party give them a soft invite. Like hey, Corinne, just wanted to let you know uh, this is probably gonna uh, go down, but wait for confirmation, and then that wait mm. right up until mm. right. Make them text. Make them be like, hey, we want to know should we get dressed. We're getting dressed. We, we're just going to come down. We haven't heard from you. Maybe your phone's not with you. Yeah. And then when they get down there, you could what you haven't done anything wrong because like it's it like they can be mad at you if you lure them down there saying come down and then you can't come. That's whack. Mm-hmm. What you do is you just make them come. Let their compulsion for like not having FOMO. Yeah. Make it bring them there, and then that's when you drop the dagger. For sure, and for sure, you don't let them in. I will tell you when I was doing my I my amazing race premiere party. My partner, Eliza, lives in New York City and she wanted to do it in New York. I could care less. I don't, I mean, at that point I had lived in Denver for like four months. So sure, let's do it in New York. And she's like, okay, like, uh, who are you going to invite? And I was like, oh, everybody. So (laughs) I sent this email to exes I hadn't talked to in years, not because I want them to come, not because they're going to come. Because I wanted them to know I did The Amazing Race and nobody watches that fucking show. (laughs) So like, I started getting responses from people like, 
hey, I'm not sure if you meant to send this to me. And so, like, depending on that, I would respond, like, oh, sorry, my assistant just sent it to everybody in my address book. You know, like, but I just wanted them to Sometimes know. Sometimes the Wi-Fi on my private jet makes it distribute yeah. to everybody <laughs> yeah. in my contacts. I'm sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. I got to talk to my publicist about that. Yeah. So something along the lines <laughs> That's of. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, but I love the idea of somehow getting the invite to them, wh- whether it's, you know, the invitation or like a third party. And then when they go to clarify or when they arrive, you're like, I'm so sorry. I don't have you on the list. Oh, see, yeah. you see. Mm-hmm. And it's just don't give them the leverage of you being emotional because if you're angry, you give that power dynamic away. They're like, see, she's just mad. He's just yeah. mad about this thing. Yeah. But if you, oh my God, ladies, so I try we- I try to tell him a soft invite because I knew you probably wouldn't get in. Yeah. You, but you keep saying like <laughs> invites. You just like, but you yeah. say like, really? Because mm-hmm. that's where I shine, Corinne. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to, I never yell. I'm on the spectrum. I think I can't yell. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is find something that I know will hurt you and say it in the nicest way. Like I told him not to invite you because I knew like you probably didn't have the dress code they needed. But in, it happened. So that's why you can't get in. But I was I was worried you didn't have enough money. Like you just yeah. say the most insulting <laughs> yeah. things. I knew you wouldn't have anything to wear. I didn't want to like put that kind of pressure on you. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, look at the t- last two girls that went in and like, what are you going to mm-hmm. walk in behind that? Of course not. Like, mm-hmm. you, you just... Or, ooh, 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 I have something. Okay. This, this ranks as one of my like top five worst moments of things that have happened to me in front of a nightclub. Um, and that includes being punched in the stomach by a cab driver. But this, in this case, we were really young. It was me and my very best friend, Julie. We were in New York City and we were, we had fake IDs and like I had, you know, I was like running with like a Yankee player and this and that. And I had us into certain places. Like, like I knew the doorman because at the time the person I was dating was, you know, a baseball player. And so like when and I would And what time come, around this, what year-ish? Uh, good question. Uh, this would be 1999. All right. Yeah. 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 And so- we were fucking around in New York City and like because I was going to places with him when I would go without him they would still let me in but it was an extension of because of right. him and I was underage but using like the crappiest fake idea of all time well anyways I get to the front door and the doorman looks at me looks at Julie and goes you can come in she can't but the way that he said it made her feel like she was like not like up to standards to come. like I was like motherfucker, you could have just said we both can't come in. Like, why did you have to ruin her night like that? Like, and it was, she's beautiful. It was like an unnecessary shitty thing. So now I throw to you. You got three girls here and I've already told you three equals caddy. Maybe one of them gets in. You know what, sweetie? You're dressed well. You guys should probably go somewhere else. You know, like one gets in. And you have to, okay, to sweeten it, because it's easy to like, oh, we're the three musketeers and we're going down together. If one can't get in, we all can't get in. Nah, duck. Yeah. <laughs> the one that you arbitrarily mm-hmm. pick and be like, oh, you come in and just like, I think that designer is actually here tonight. So we'll put you in his suite, uh, VIP. <laughs> just let us know what you're drinking now so we can have your bottle ready. Unless yeah, you like, want to, unless you want to go with your friends. Yeah. yeah. Now. Yeah. Now we're going to see who's yeah. friends, Doug. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, uh yeah, you do have I to like figure out how to how to flip the script here. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're giving out we, solid advice today. Yeah, but also it goes deeper than that. I was just listening to this conversation we had and how easily our low-level evil flowed with each other. Mm-hmm. If you t- turned our evil up like two notches, <laughs> yeah. we could be like a we could Diabolical. definitely make like definitely like 
FBI's 10 most wanted easy. Mm. We can crack seven with just a couple crimes. <laughs> we really put the pedal to the metal. We can make it like two. But then after mm. that, it's like cartel people. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to catch them. But I, I would like to give you one more little story from my whole holiday week. Um, oh, it's not going to be the cab driver punching you in the stomach? <laughs> oh, we'll save that. that we'll save that unless you want to give us that yeah. nugget, unless you want me to walk around with a week for a week. Like, <laughs> how did that happen? Ah, I forgot I said that. Yeah, okay, so this is, A, the reason why the second Uber was invented. I never went back to cabs. But so I was in a cab, and I was sitting behind the driver. My friend was to my right, and my other friend was in the passenger front seat. Got you. My two friends, we get in, fr- in front of the club, my two friends take a right to get out. I take a left. All of a sudden, the driver, we had no contact with this driver. We were not drunk. We were not talking to him. It was just a short cab ride. I open the door to get out, and he also opens his door. And I was like, oh, maybe, because the, they're so gross in here. Like, I was like, maybe he has to spit. Maybe he's dumping his fucking urine out. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention, which is the problem. All of a sudden, he just sucker punches me in the stomach. I'm doubled over. I'm screaming. My two friends who got out on the other side are like, what happened? Like, did you slip? Like, they didn't understand what was going on because they were on the other side of the vehicle. But because we were in the front of the club, the, the, uh, yeah, the doorman, like the doorman and several other people, like no one had camera phones at this time. They all, like people wrote down the the license plate because he took off after he hit me. So I was like, I mean, I wasn't prepared. By the way, those are camera phones in 1999. just people sketching yeah. what he looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Stick figure. Like, it arrow took three people to compile the license plate. They're like, I got the first two digits. Do you have the last two? So I had all the information. I go into the club and I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get this motherfucker. And so I call, I contact the taxi and limousine commission. I give them his plate number. I explain that I, there's several witnesses. I have their phone numbers. I was punched in the stomach. I want this guy taken off the streets. Like, I didn't actually seek any, like, damages. But I just thought, you'd want to know if some fucking schizophrenic maniac is going around punching people. And they were like, oof, uh, we're going to need you to file that report by coming down to Staten Island. And they made it impossible. And they were like, once you've filed the report in Staten Island, you're then going to have to return to Brooklyn for the hearing. And then, I mean, they they completely made it impossible. And they wouldn't tell you that unless they knew you weren't going to do it. No one goes to Staten Island for anything. Right. Right. Never. Unless you're dumping a body, you don't go to Staten Island. That place is disgusting. Or you're. You know. And also, I don't have a car. I live in New York. Like, I'm... I'm. A ch- they know you're not doing no. that. They're like, oh, it's just another but drunk girl that wants to press charges. Like, yeah, we'll see you in the morning, buddy. At no point were they like, are you okay? Like, anything. No, 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 no. It was at that... But that's how companies really want to be. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so resentful when companies now are like, come to, uh, you, you know, uh, Bank of America, where we treat you like family. You come in here... They don't feel like that. No. I like it when it was in the late 90s when you were honest, like, yo, if you're late, $33, uh, fine. Yeah. Overdraft fee, you broke, bitch. <laughs> then it's this much. I don't like this fake forgiveness, Panera yeah. Bread yeah. approach to, like, consumerism now. It's like, hey, welcome on in home. Mm-hmm. When you stay at Holiday Inn, you're not. You're in a home. You're in a bed, which hundreds of gross people have, have, yeah. have done everything in. Every mm-hmm. single thing you all know. Yes. We all know what goes on in there. So stop telling me it's like home. Just don't. Let's not let's not play that game. Now, I need to know. Yeah. What kind of punch was it? Now, was it the uh, like the the un, where the like your thumb would be pointing up to you because it's kind of oh. like an uppercut stomach punch? No, or was I it straight it was a jab? A straight jab. Yeah. Down? And he just he hit a me right body in the jab. Yeah. It was bizarre. Obviously, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't even really looking up. I was like getting out of the car and I noticed him open the door. I thought that was weird. And then as soon as I got far enough from the door, he just went for it. Wait, okay. There has been no – nobody addressed him. 
No. Was anybody saying anything in the car that he could have felt no. was racial? No. Or no something? speaking. Nothing. Nothing. And we were just like twenty-two-year-old pretty girls. In right. A, I mean, there was no. And he very obviously was waiting to see that the other two were going to go out the right side, and like waited for them to be like so that they weren't seeing it from inside the vehicle. They had closed the door. I'm exiting. It was just. It was very. Was he trying to get you back in the car? I, I, don't, I mean, I have no idea. And he did it in front of a very crowded nightclub. Like, the line was full. The doorman is out front with his clipboard. Like, it was not a great place to do it. But he didn't. No, because once he punched me, he got right back in the car and took off. So, I don't know. He gets off on punching women. Maybe he didn't understand. You know, like, uh, in the third grade and playground, boys, like, pull girls' hair and hit well, them in the shoulder. Maybe he just didn't know assault. people didn't do that past <laughs> yeah. the third grade. <laughs> now yeah, it's just, perhaps. like, punching a woman. That's in a body jab at that. That's the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's the things where you don't have a resolution. It's like yeah. if somebody sucker punched me, didn't take my wallet, didn't yell a racial yeah. epithet, didn't take my keys, just did it and walked away, I would think about that forever. Whereas if they took my wallet, it'd be like, thank you. Yeah, okay, now I don't have to I think understand. about it. You, yeah. I got, okay, I got mugged. Nope. We paid and tipped him in cash because back then they like, ne- you know, the credit card machine was always broken. Oh, God. That was the running joke yeah. in New York. A yes. credit card machine. All yes. right. So we paid him in cash. We settled that out, and we were all exiting the vehicle, and that's when this happened. See, that's the thing you didn't understand. Where he, if you take some time to invest in, like, learn about him, where he's from, the way that you say goodbye to a very pretty lady is a body jab. Yeah. All right? Maybe if you had more culture. <laughs> right. If I had seen more of the world, I would understand the custom. Yeah. That yeah. is, uh, I think that's uh, so I, like, the I grew craziest up with... thing I've heard from you in a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we just got to record more. My, but I grew up with, like, a healthy, like, fear of everything because both my parents are New Yorkers and they just, like, they believe everyone's after you all the time. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, don't trust anybody, which is, like, a terrible way to be. So, interestingly, this is the other story I was going to tell you. So, one of my friends, when we were out in Manhattan Beach, she gets, she's drinking and she forgets her purse at the table that we were at. Okay. Terrible mistake, obviously. But luckily, one of our other friends decided not to go home with the rest of us. He's younger. He was, like, still ready to get after it. Mm-hmm. He stays. She calls him. She's like, can you please grab my purse? He goes to the table. It's sitting right there. Great. Well, the next day, we all reconvene, and he lost the purse that he found. So he – we what happened is, apparently, he went to the bathroom, and because he doesn't usually carry a purse, and he was drinking – he uses the urinal, puts the purse, like, wherever, and then just forgets the purse. And so, like, when we're all, like, she's telling me the story because I hadn't seen it. she's like, thank she God goes, he has like, my purse. Yeah, like, thank God he was there. Um, she's like, you know, my passport's in there. Oh, no. it's It's my favorite new purse from Italy. Like, I was like, great, great. Where's the purse? And she goes, I don't, I don't know where it is. And so she calls him because he, he was staying in, like, the guest room. And he was gone by the morning. And she's like, where's the purse? And he's like, is it not there? So it turns out. The purse didn't make it home with him, okay? Mm. Now she doesn't freak out, which is so crazy to me. She d- says the following. She goes, well, someone will – It's my. And they have my passport. They'll find me and DM me to give it back to me on Instagram. And I was like, what fucking fairy tale do you live in? It's your pa- – I go, you need to cancel the credit cards. She had like $250 in cash, which that's gone. Who cares? But I'm like, all you care about right now is the passport. Somebody else having your passport is a big deal. And she goes – Eh, they'll find me. This She's not even a little pressed. And by the way, she needs that passport for the New Year's Eve club. Oh. This is the night before New Year's. 
we're like bumming around all day, whatever, like order some food in. All of a sudden she goes on Instagram. She goes, oh, there it is. The person is like, hi there. I found your purse and your passport. I had to reach out to a few different people to get to you. Um, I only live about 15 minutes from the bar. I would be happy to give it back to you. And I was like, so immediately I go, first of all, I'm so I'm so frustrated that her Pollyanna approach to life worked. It's annoying. But then I am still doing the Dale and Fred Kaplan shtick, which is, yeah, she has your passport. She don't have your $250. She don't have your really nice Italian purse or any of the other shit that was in your purse. You're getting the passport back. And she's like, I don't know. It's my fault. I left it there. And I was like, you're way too calm about this. Yeah. Stop accepting responsibility. Then <laughs> she goes, then she goes, well, I'm very hungover. I don't want to get it right now. And I was like, oh my God, go get your passport, you lunatic. She's like, meh. She's going to give it back to me. She waits all day at like 6 p.m. She's like, all right, I'm just going to swing by there before I get ready for New Year's. I'm like, we're now butting up against about to check into a hotel to save for New Year's oh Eve. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. So she goes, oh, every dollar of the $250 is there. It's all there. Wow. Yeah. Wait, now, what city was this in? Happened in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, there's money there. But like that's the only. It was the wildest thing. I was like, the, that would never happen to me. No one would return There's, anything to me. I've never gotten anything back. You no. you go to Lost and Found, like yeah, we don't have it. Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, this prompted me to tell the worst story of all time, which I have told on a previous podcast. So forgive me if you're a, a already listener or pr- whatever you call it. You'll listen to this before you're going to hear it twice because Al's never heard it, and this is the story I told her. And I got to hear the term already listener. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I used to go to Salt Lake City for work all the time. And I used to work out of the Orange Theory there. And I, when I was at the Orange Theory one day, it was cold outside. I'm wearing a coat. I have my rental car. I'm checking in at the front desk. They have one of these things where it's like a wall of keys. You just put your key on a hook and there's a number and you go, okay, I guess I'm number eight. That's where my car keys are. Because most people just show up with nothing but their car keys. And then they give you a towel. You go inside. All right. Well, I'm standing there. I have to fill out some stupid paperwork because I'm like, you know, I've never been to this particular orange theory and I have to like fill out the waiver or whatever yes, it is. Please I'm don't s- drop dead on the treadmill. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I, I whatever. I, I'm signing out some stuff and I, I see what I thought were my keys on the, 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 you know, right in front of me. They're literally just right in front of me. Right. So I don't think anything about it. And so I, whatever, I put them in my pocket I go work out. As I'm on the treadmill, the class starts. I see a kerfuffle in the front. This woman is freaking out. Okay. And she's doing it in like the sweet Mormon Utah way where she's not yelling at anyone, but like her keys are not there. So she come, they come into the room and they're like just checking the treadmills to see if maybe she put it in the console. She can't find the keys. And I'm like, that sucks. That totally sucks. Well, when I go to leave, I put my jacket on. I dig my hands into the pockets. I have two keys. Ooh. I've got the rental car and another set. And I realize immediately I'm the bitch that took the keys because she didn't put them on the key rack thing. They were just sitting on the counter in front of me. But I think to myself, I don't want to, I don't want to like ruin my reputation at this place. And like, <laughs> this sucks. Like her husband had to come get her with the second set of keys. They're probably both late to work. Like it was a shit situation and it's completely my fault. Well, partially her. She should have put it on the keyboard. You live and you learn. Okay. But I don't know what to do because I want to give her the keys back. But I don't want to face the situation. So I look at the keychain, and on the keychain is a core power yoga key card. Right. So I drive 20 minutes away to this other yoga studio, and I'm like, hi there. Could you scan this in and see if this belongs to someone who's still at this gym? And they were like, yeah, it's, you know, Sally 
Henderson or whatever, you know, and I go, oh, great. Um, I found these. Just want to give them back. So this bitch must have been like, how the fuck did my keys go from? I parked my vehicle at Orange Theory and they mysteriously. But I was like, I want her to get them back, but I don't want anything to do with this. You remember when I said not less than 10 minutes ago that if you and I's evil was turned out, we could do really we could be a great crime duo. Mm -hmm. You found this woman's keys in your pocket. And instead of Corinne saying, you know what, thank God, I can make her day by bringing these keys to her, your first thought was, let me plant some evidence yeah, in a... another location <laughs> I just and, was like, and then I, absolve myself. I mean, I was going to just drop them in the parking lot and like hope someone else found them, but I was like, no, that's like irresponsible. Let me... And let me tell you, I dropped and ran like I was delivering a fucking package with anthrax. Like I was like, oh, my goodness. You have her in the system. She still goes here. Great. Let her know that the keys are here. Bye. But the fact that your brain went there is why I love mm -hmm. you and why we're going to wrap it up right yeah. there because we love you. But also my safe word is more advice at gmail.com if you would like us to attack some of your social problems. And we will always be real. And I think that's the best thing you can promise people is like. There's a little bit of distance there. So we can be honest. We don't have to see you at Thanksgiving like, hey, sorry to tell yeah. you to break up with her, dude, but you need to. I, we can just we can give it to you straight. And like we always say about medicine, yeah, we could throw some sugar to make it taste better, but it's better when it goes down straight. So you always come here for that straight advice. You always come here to my safe word is more. You always go to where, Corinne, to find you on social media. <laughs> Corinne Sanity on Instagram and Twitter and at Corinne Kaplan on TikTok. How about you, Al? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Al Jackson on Instagram. At Al Jackson IG live tour dates on aljacksonlive.com. We love you guys. Puff of smoke. We out.